Hey, everyone. Welcome in another edition of The Wrap on NRM Streamcast Live from the Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Tom Mazaway alongside my partner Clarence Black, Ethan Perlman in the house, David B., and Ellington behind the glass, and our good buddy Rod Beard from the Detroit News on the video uh, chat with us today. Rod, what's happening, my man? That's not too much. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for uh, always coming through for us. You know, we always appreciate talking to you. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I appreciate we it. Had, we had your colleague on last show, Chris McCoskey, and talking a little baseball <laughs> with him. And he gives you his best. And uh, you know, he used, every he used to have your beat back in the day. He's had every beat. He's done Pistons, Lions, <laughs> Wings, everything. Speaking of Pistons... Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay, I, I got to ask Rod a serious oh, question, Oh, you're right, you're man. right. I'm sorry, you should hey, say hi. So what's, what is the, I don't get this with the NBA. So what the NBA is basically saying is that I can't have ground beef or ground chicken tacos. I can only have the taco if I own the cow. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't understand what's going on here, Mr. Beard. Do they not understand that I might want ground beef? I might want ground chicken. I don't want the same... I don't. It's, it, I shouldn't have to only be able to have tacos if I own the cow. This is wrong. This is blasphemous. It is. It is. It is what it is. This whole bubble idea can blow up if you start bringing in uh, turkey tacos and uh, all these different varieties of tacos. You get one choice, and it is what you brought to the party. That is what you have in your lunchbox. Hey. Is what you have. You can't trade lunch with anybody else. You see, you see, Kyle Kuzma's like, well, I can't have a, I can't have a three pack of ground chicken tacos, and they're like, Kyle, you don't God. own chickens. He's like, but, but still, I've known these chickens for a long time. What a life, man! What a great life these guys lead. Jeez. No, see, see, black, see, black. Did you, yeah, did you see the NFL player for the seat? Yes, the tried to. Speak? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's dressed that's her up exactly as a hey, What do you see? I bet I was on. I think I put on Instagram. You were there. Like, you were hey. in Seattle. I was like, man, when you are undrafted, you should be in bed with your Bible and your playbook at seven o'clock. Like, what are you doing? I know that was crazy, bro. Funny bro, though, he had a he had a two thousand dollars <laughs> signing bonus. He wasn't risking anything. anything. He's like, look, this this is what it's about. It's two thousand dollars of this. I'm going for this. Oh, uh, hey, I want to ask you something, Rod. Before we get into the beef of the Pistons and the big draft lottery, did I I read something today about the Phoenix Suns? Having a young lady from Instagram uh, in the area taking—I I, I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I, that would be um, okay. I, that, I, would, I, that would be interesting. It would be very that. interesting. I want you to look up Phoenix Suns and Instagram model when you get done with us. Oh, you know what? I think I did see that. I think I did see that. Is that for real? I, I hope not. I, I don't think they're risking the sanctity of the bubble for anybody or anything. But you said you're only allowed one girl. These guys only had one girl. No, 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 had one girl. One spouse, one family member. One spouse, one family member. <laughs> they had one supposedly taking care of seven, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll, we'll leave that for another time, okay? <laughs> Please do. Please Rod, do. Be- Rod Beard, Detroit News, joins us. Hey, it's Pistons Super Bowl night coming up here on Thursday. Uh, Troy Weaver, the general manager, will represent in the virtual NBA draft lottery and so far, Pistons 0 for 13 in the draft lottery for moving up. So they have a 10.1% chance of getting that number one pick. Tell us tell us a little bit about this virtual draft lottery. 
Well, Tony Weaver is the new general manager, and he'll be the guy on screen. Uh, and we've seen it before where they've had whoever, Allen Houston sure. or, or whatever representative. But I think this is important for the Pistons to try to move up in a draft that is uncertain, to say the least. There is no Zion. There is no John Morant. There is no prize. And if you want to call uh, LaMelo Ball a, a prize, then he might be the, the player with the, be the best top side, upside of this. But even if they end up in the, the five, six, seven, there's some good choices for them in a point guard heavy draft. Go ahead, Ethan. Uh, my, my main question is, do the Pistons go for potential or do they go for the need at the moment? Because you need a point guard. You, in my opinion, you also need a solid small forward. They also need a Donovan Mitchell a few years ago. Sorry. <laughs> And Devin Booker. Let's just let's play and the Devin whole Booker. thing out of let's, yeah. get, let's get that out of the yeah. way. They should have just taken Giannis when they had that opportunity. Too. Yeah, they, everybody, uh, everybody, they should have taken. Absolutely. So I, I think, I think they go for um, the need and the fit. It's just going to be the talent because point guards are all over this draft. Whether you're looking at Killian Hayes or Lamelo Ball or my, the guy I like is um, Halliburton from Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. I think he has the size, the pick-and-roll ability, and he can play the two-guard a little bit better than some of those other guys can. Uh, so I think at whatever point they would be, whether it's first, fourth, sixth, seventh, they have a point guard that fits what they are looking for. So unless they get um, something completely out of the water, I would say they're going point guard almost regardless, but they'll get the talent to go along with it. Rod, so million-dollar question. Reggie's gone. As we start to see... You know, and, and again, Troy's got the track record. Has he given any kind of clue to, you know, what the DNA of a team might be? Are we looking at a defensive team, which might be almost kind of a throwback in 2020? Is he going to kind of get on the, you know, it seems like all the really good teams now have at least three to four killers from three. Where's Where's he angling in terms of just overall DNA that he wants to have here in Detroit? All he's really said is, is kind of hard-nosed players. And the DNA from that standpoint is going to be more of what Dwayne Casey is looking for. So that is going to be three-point killers and uh, defensive guys and just pushing the pace. And it's some of what we saw with some of these younger guys with a Steve Mahaluk, with a Luke Kennard, that type of thing, uh, and a Christian Wood with your bigs who can shoot from three also. Everybody is going to be need to be able to shoot the three and going to be able to, to play some defense too. So it's just a hard-nosed team that's going to go out and not mail it in, and that's what we saw so much over the past few years. And I think that's what they want to get rid of is that idea that you can just roll the balls out there and just play. They want to have guys who really care about it, who represent Detroit well, and who are going to go out there and play on a night-to-night -night basis. Do you think a Christian Wood comes back here and signs? Depends on the money. I mean, it, it, there aren't a, a lot of teams that have cap space that can bring them in. Uh, and the Pistons, if they're not willing to pay 12 at least 12, I would think, um, then they're just going to have to look in a different direction. And that's what, if you're rebuilding, that's the kind of thing you want as a guy who was the 16th man on the roster. He made the roster and became your most reliable go-to guy toward the down the stretch of the Heck end of the yeah. season. I mean, if, if you're not going to pay that guy in a rebuild, I don't know what the rebuild really looks like then. Amen to that. I loved watching him play and, and grow into the player that he became. I was one of the few guys that actually enjoyed going to, to see him at, at Little Caesars, even with Andre Drummond uh, on the floor. I thought I thought they gave great effort. I thought they were well coached, you know, and they, they move in a different direction. I just don't know what to expect going forward. Blake Griffin, he looks pretty damn built right now. I mean, he's it looks like he's redone his body. 
Yeah, he, he's been working out. He looks healthy now that he can start the season at 100%, which we haven't seen uh, very much in the past couple of years. But it, it's just maintaining that health. And, and people want to see him out there from game one playing high-volume minutes. But that's where guys get hurt, and especially at his age, at, at 31. And we're saying 31 is old and ancient. But you've got to manage his minutes just right. And the same thing can happen with Derrick Rose uh, if you play him too much. And people want him to be the starting point guard every night. But if you run him into the ground and you lose him in the middle of the season, you lose all that trade value, you lose everything that you built up with that. They've got to be smart in how they look at rebuilding this thing over the next two, three years. And I, I think trading Derrick Rose is going to be one of those steps and maybe even trading Blake Griffin if they can find a taker for it just so they can get off that contract and look to bring in some some smaller number guys in terms of the cap who can have some some type of effectiveness too. Our guest is Rob Beard. Rod, so – Obviously, we all saw the crazy run that the Blazers went on, even though it was the the Suns that went eight and zero. A lot of people, because of the way they went eight and zero for a reason, because because <laughs> tacos, man. Hey, it's the new it's the new spinach. It's the new spinach. <laughs> hey, so are people making it's the old two spinach too? Yeah, look, uh, Rod, is it is it just the way? Again, with with Dame Lillard in the fifty and the sixty point, you know, wins maybe the game seven. But I mean, people, their their reward is still the Lakers, who's the one seed. Um, is this a case of of people just feel like the Lakers are trending down with the way that they've looked in the bubble and the Blazers, you know, trending up? Or do you still think this is still a one eight and the Lakers are gonna gonna hit that dial and, and really turn it up? Well. The one thing that the, the layoff did was to let Portland get healthy and they got Nurkic back. And uh, you didn't want to see Dame, if you're the Lakers, you didn't want to see Dame Lillard get back to his old um, ways too and CJ McCollum and playing as well as they've been playing. And, and Carmelo Anthony looked good in the restart too. So the Lakers didn't have much to play for. They're basically sewing up the number one seed. So you, now they have to flip that switch and be ready for a Blazers team that's playing in prime mode right now and ready to come out in and knock them off. And just like we're seeing with the Magic playing the, the Bucks right now and the Magic are giving them some fits, if you have something to play for and you, you're you in um, peak performance right now as you start the playoffs, there is no home court advantage. So you, you have something different that you're playing against. You have a team that just wants to come out and win a couple of games. And on it, it's night to night. You leave the arena and uh, come back the next day, and there is no travel. There is no layoff. It's every other day. And if you stay in a good rhythm with that, you can be an eight seed that knocks off one seed. I don't know if it's going to happen with the Lakers and the Blazers, but you can give a team some fits that you wouldn't have given them if the season had continued as normal. Lakers are heavy favorites still in Vegas, really heavy favorites. That's what surprised me when I saw that. You can you can get three hundred. You can get three to one on the on the uh, on the Blazers right now. You lay a hundred, you win three hundred and forty actually. So it if Vegas, if you stick with them and they know what they're doing, it sounds like a short series to me. Yeah, and, and I don't see it that way. I think the Blazers uh, have the right. shot makers. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. I think they, they have the depth to be able to stick in this series, at least for the first couple of games. And again, like we saw with, the, with Dallas against the Clippers last night, you need to stay in game one. If you can steal game one, you can change the tenor of this series, again, because there is no home court advantage. Right. Go ahead, e. Rod, so looking at the, the matchups, and you've already seen four game ones happen, and we have four more today. What is the one series that you're looking at and finding the most intriguing matchup where, you know, the favorite could be upset? 
Well, I like the the we haven't seen it yet, obviously, but I, th I like the Houston and Oklahoma City series. I think that mm -hmm. can have a lot of intrigue. And I think if Dallas had been playing well in, in that Luka and Kristaps combination, it can give teams fits. They just don't have a good matchup in the Clippers. And the other one I'll say is um, just in the East, any of these, that Boston-Philly could go a different way. I don't think it will, but a lot of these matchups are, are looking either way. Again, because there's no home court, there's no travel, there's no adjustment time. It's just every other day, game, game, game. Rod, as you look at this, and obviously Gordon Hayward going down, uh, Ben Simmons out for the year with surgery. I mean, is this really – I mean, is there anything at all that you could see preventing us with an eventual Toronto-Milwaukee Eastern Conference final? And then the winner of that, could you conceivably be again like last year? I just look at the West, and it just looks like it's going to be bloody in every single round. Could we literally see – uh, just a beat-up, battered NBA champion, and maybe that's the thing that gets Toronto another title or or Giannis his first one. I hope so. I mean, it, I think it could, <laughs> could be Giannis. <laughs> we, we know where your allegiance is. We, we see exactly where you're going. No, I, I think this could be the year for Milwaukee. I, I just love their depth and what they can do off the bench. Uh, and LeBron – this is his time in the playoffs where he just turns it on every year without fail. doesn't matter whether it's a crappy squad in, in Cleveland or a, a, a high fluting squad in Miami. He's going to make it happen when the playoffs turn on. And it's just at, at 36, 37, it's just hard to turn that switch every year. Uh, and I just wonder if this is the year that the, the Clippers can do it. Because it, when you've got Paul George and Kawhi and Patrick Beverly, and then you've got a whole slew of, of role players with that. Your Rachel Jacksons, your Marcus Morrises, you can you can withstand some waves. And even when Dallas came on uh, late last night in the, the third quarter, um, they still were able to withstand that and then won that thing going away in the last minute or two. I just like their their depth and their ability. I'd love to see a Clippers and Bucks match up in the finals and just what that looks like. But how important do you think it is? Because some of these seem look the benefit of home court in the NBA is theoretically, and I've always said this in, in, in regard huge. to when you play series, your goal is to you want to get out of each series as fast as humanly possible. It was one of the things I thought to go into work Pistons did terrible, you know, in that 05 season is they spent way too much time, you know, game seven, game seven. It, as you look at this, what team, and obviously Russ has already hurt for the Rockets, what team do you think just they they absolutely have to get through this first round as fast as possible or the longer they they last in round one you know it, it just it literally could end their championship I think it's Houston because they they play such an up and down pace and that three-point shooting like we saw against Golden State if you have one bad game in a game seven where that three-point shooting doesn't fall for you and it just destroys everything that you've built up Houston has to be that way and they just don't have the bigs to um, come out and to play against what the, the Clippers can do or what Anthony Davis can do. I mean, can you Anthony Davis in a playoff series or LeBron in a playoff series against the, the undersized Rockets? Yeah. I just don't I don't think that's sustainable for them. So they have to but come Rob, out remember, game busters. So Ethan and I were talking about this. And the the Rock the Rockets play that analytical quadrant basketball, meaning if you hit five straight twos and I hit five straight threes, I'm a plus five. If I hit four straight threes, I'm still a plus two. But even if I even if I make three out of five, I'm a minus one. They literally firmly believe that making shots will trump size. Where do you come out on that? 
No, I think it's you need to have a mix of that. And just we saw them against Portland, and Portland just had offensive rebounds all day all over them. And you can I can miss my five twos, but if you give me a couple more offensive rebounds out out of those seven twos, I can still make four or five of them because I've got extra guys and extra bodies. And so the matchups just don't favor Houston to be able to go through the gauntlet they need to go through. They have to beat the the Clippers and the Lakers. I just don't see it. It's just not it's not sustainable for them to to carry. They can do it for one round, but you have to have Harden playing at that level. You have to have Russ, and you have to have bigs that whatever bigs you have that can fake it like they're going to offensive rebound. And I've seen too many cases where they just they're not trying to offensive rebound. And you got to stop people. They're not if they can't stop anybody and they can't rebound. You're just going to have to outscore me every game in a series. You can do it with some teams, but not the Lakers or the Clippers. It's just not going to happen. All right, we're in the bubble, and uh, I've said this before. (laughs) I've said this before. I'll say it a million times. I believe this first round should be best of five. I'm going to stick with it. Why the hell didn't they do a best of five this year of all these years? Why do you need these extra games? Why do you need a best of seven in every damn round besides money? Normally, I would agree. Normally, I would agree with you, but I I think the more the better in this case is they wanted to get the TV money from it, and – if the bubble was working, that they got through the seeding games and they got to the playoffs, they felt like they would be able to continue it and do it exactly the same way. So I, I don't see as much of a problem. If you if you said in general there should be a five-game series, I'm with you. But to do it specifically for for this year in the bubble, they made it this far. Just go ahead and finish it like you normally would. Ah, it's a lot of games, man, and a lot could happen uh, You know, in 28 28- 28 games yeah, but, in a playoff. But to that point, the TV money, I mean, what, three of the of the four games – there was only one blowout. The rest of them, we're talking about fourth quarter compelling games. I know that. You had one overtime game. I get it. Only the stinker was the the Raptors in the net. So again, the TV money, the the advertisers want. I want my seven. If I'm the kind of money I'm shilling out for NBA, no, I want my seven. Hell, I want I want twelve if you can give them to me. Well, I, they, I, advertisers don't care. We're missing Marv Albert. We're missing Kevin Harlan in the first oh, round. Who the hell needs it? Just make it best of five for crying out loud. Just get it over <laughs> with. This season should be. Well, you got to get the season over with, man. You got Reggie Miller and Stan Van Gundy, so yeah. take that. <laughs> I will. Hey, tell us about our good friend Joe Dumars, who's all of a sudden resurfaced in the NBA. Yes. Is he the president now of the of the Kings? What's he's, the story? He's kind of both. He, yeah, he's kind of both yeah. because uh, they got rid of Vlade Divac, who was their uh, general manager, who wanted complete autonomy over all of their front office stuff. And it was like, no, dude, you, you're making bad draft picks. We're not making the playoffs. What are we doing here? And so uh, Dumars had been an advisor to uh, Vivek Ranadive, who is their owner. Yeah. And he made a good impression. And why wouldn't he? Because of, of the success he had. And uh, it, people were wondering why he didn't have a GM job or president's job before. And he was just an advisor to Sacramento. And when this opportunity came, hey, be the be the executive vice president. Be the general manager until you can find another one. And I think that's a good move for them and a good move for him, too, that it gets him back into it. It's in Sacramento where ex- expectations aren't going to be high immediately. Uh, and, and in California where they're paying attention to everything else except the Kings. I think right. if he's going to make a good move. They shouldn't even be, be there. They shouldn't even be in Sacramento. They should be somewhere else. They should be in Seattle. They should be the, the Sonics. They should be in Seattle. They hey, should be listen, in Seattle. Listen, I was I was up there. I was up there for two weeks, man, and with that whole Kraken thing. Yeah, they got the Kraken. The freaking Key Arena is back. They are talking about it. They're talking hard. Where's man. Sean they Kemp? Want it. Bring them back. Let's go. 
No, Seattle's a beautiful area, and they they deserve uh, an NBA franchise too. And I mean, it's just a good city that on the circuit you can take out a couple of different ones. Memphis, you can take out. Um, you can certainly take out Sacramento if you wanted to. Yeah, and move one like of those Memphis? joints to Seattle. You don't like Memphis? Yeah. Uh, Memphis is. <laughs> no. Now I Memphrica. Go... Okay, listen. How about I follow Dan Issel. You know, the former great Kentucky colonel, you know, ABA. He was a president right. of the NBA. Pacers coach. He's, no, he, Nuggets coach. Nuggets, Nuggets coach. coach. He's trying Nuggets. to bring yeah. he's trying to bring basketball back down to, to Kentucky. You think the NBA one day is going to go to a place Where? like Kentucky? <laughs> I just read his Twitter. Team. I read his Twitter. Yeah, I, just, right. <laughs> they, got the, they got the best NBA team. Right. I mean, they have two. If, if they got the brothel thing going on in Louisville and they got Kentucky, <laughs> they got two teams coming. What are we talking about? Uh, hey, I want to talk about a couple of coaches and rumors. And you hear Greg Popovich's name all of a sudden, maybe going to the Brooklyn Nets. I hear Mark Jackson's name being finally bandied about. I thought he should have been the Knicks coach. Oh, man. I thought no. now he might go to Brooklyn. I mean, what do you think of, of Pop going to, to coach no, Kevin? he ain't doing that. Why not? He's no. Not. He's Pop, Pop has has all the control that he wants in San Antonio, and it's he can they they'll build a statue for him in a couple of years. There is no reason for him to leave San Antonio for this all of this other stuff in Brooklyn. Pop's on the the backside of his stuff, and he doesn't care about the acclaim. He's won his titles. He's submitted his Hall of Fame career. There's nothing else for him to prove. Why would he go to Brooklyn? I don't know. I guess maybe I was wishful thinking, but I did read it. But the million dollar and that's okay. And that's okay. The million dollar question, Rod, on everybody's mind, who is best suited? So there's two there's two questions. Who's best suited to coach Zion? And who do you think eventually will end up with that job? Poor Alvin Jackson. See, and that's a that's a topic that uh, it could be like a Jason Kidd, maybe, or a, a Ty Lu. I don't think it necessarily should be. I don't I don't have a good fix on on who that might be. Um, but it's a shame that Gentry didn't get an opportunity yeah. because he had so many Bad blows dealt He's to him. Good guy. They were they were injured and they were terrible yes. before yeah. Zion came and they started to play well. Yeah. And Zion not being there at the start of the bubble, uh, the injuries that's not his fault. And and what more could he have done with the hand that he was dealt? I think he just got a raw deal. It is. Do one. you think the intent is to is is to pair him though with a with a younger coach? With with kind of a, a, I mean, I don't know what Stevens, you know. So everybody talks about Brad Stevens. I don't know the next Brad Stevens this this out there. I'm not hearing a name like that floating around. I mean, somebody had mentioned even a, yeah. a Capel. Somebody talked about Capel transitioning from from college to the pros, which I thought was was completely crazy. No, and, and if you want to talk about another team that could move from that city and go to Seattle, New Orleans, they there that's a Saints town. 100%. They couldn't care less. Before they got Zion, there was nothing there that they cared about in terms of basketball. And, and Anthony Davis was just kind of – that's why he wanted to get out of there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a floating island and a bastion of NBA-dom, but they don't need a, an NBA franchise either. They could just as well do without. But I, with Zion there, they've got to find some good fit and some other good pieces to put around him to make that work. They've got a nice young nucleus with uh, Jackson Hayes too, but they have to keep – have to, have to, have to – keep um drew holiday or that thing just comes tumbling down hey rod thanks a million man uh continue your great work i see you got your uh, rod and reel podcast out there what do you got eight episodes down 
Yeah, yeah, I took a little hiatus from it, but uh, coming back now, and I'll have some other stuff this week with the lottery and kind of once we figure out what the Pistons pick is, what that looks like and who the best options are. Well, hell, you don't need that. You got you got us. You can be with us every damn day anyway, almost. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. I got you. We got you, brother. We got you. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. We'll be in touch uh, as soon as the Pistons get the number one pick. Number one pick. There it is. Number one pick, baby. Rod Beard. All right, guys. All right, brother. Rod Beard, uh, Detroit News and the Rod and Real Podcast. Check him out on Twitter, at Rod Beard. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something crazy, man. Follow. I've never had chicken tacos, man. Like the real, actual chicken tacos. I've had chicken tacos, but not like real Real hey, taco. when you guys are done with this show, Just I want you to look up the Phoenix Suns <laughs> and the Instagram model that was supposedly, you know, very helpful to them in winning eight straight games. You saying the Suns had a, a, a masseuse? They had a masseuse. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and I'll tell you, she's uh, mighty fine looking as well. And uh, NFL, they snuck into the bubble. They snuck. They, they, no, I want you to read it. No, man. That, you know how fast that would get out. Are you? By the way, are you playing uh, fantasy football? Yeah, man. You getting back in Brandon's league? Oh uh, yeah. I'm okay, I'm in that. Okay. Yeah, I'm in that league. Yeah, and you, go. you got to see Ethan's. He's in like 16 <laughs> leagues. Damn. You, he's got to be playing well, with the dumbest people I have ever seen in my entire. You got to see this kid's team. Hey, well, listen. Are we gonna have a? Are we gonna have a freaking season? <laughs> I are know. they gonna be able to get through? I, I, I hope so. The, I hope so. I hope so. We'll have a fantasy show coming up here. Uh, we'll bring my man Dennis Farrell in, the main man of fantasy football, and we'll yeah. chat about it. We Ethan. need our NRM league. Got to get yeah. our NRM league. We got to get an NRM league. Oh, so it's right now it's us three. We might be able to get <laughs> Jess in, maybe. Maybe Ian. Ian maybe. will get in. We'll get Rod in. Rod's always on the damn show anyway. There you go. Might as well ask Lynn Henning while we're at it, right? David? I don't know. Dave? Ellington? For sure. Now, Dave, getting men's and men's. Hey, thanks to David B., by the way, keeping us on the air and being here every day unpaid, just like all of us. He's the main man. Ellington, you keep on growing. Clarence, welcome home. Thank you, man. Good to be here. Ethan, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Go Tigers, right? We're up. All right, let's go. Casey Mize, let's do it. Thanks for listening to The Wrap, everybody. King and Foster coming up next on NRM Streamcast.